SAFM Sports Wrap. Right, good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I am Brad Brown with you until 6.30 this evening. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll unpack the whole Australia cricket debacle. And uh, yeah, we'll be chatting to Jeff Lemon, who is uh, on tour with the Australian team from ABC. He's commentating on the series. We'll get his take, uh, the Australian take uh, on the whole issue. We'll also be chatting the Tendai Ndoru issue uh, with IX Cape Town and uh, whether or not uh, they will be docked points, the arbitration uh, announcement or the, the judgment uh, due tomorrow. We'll get the latest from that. We'll also hear from the South African camp ahead of the fourth test uh, against Australia. But let's start with the news coming out of that camp and uh, Axis still hanging over the heads of Australian coach Darren Lehman, captain and vice-captain Steve Smith and David Warner as Australian cricket chiefs uh, grapple with what to do. I can tell you that Cricket Australia boss James Sutherland will be addressing the media in just under half an hour from now with the decision and it looks like, according to media reports, that Darren Lehman is facing the sack with Smith and Warner both staring down 12 month bans. Meanwhile, Cricket Australia have called up uh, batsman Matt Renshaw to bolster their squad ahead of the final test, which gets underway in Johannesburg on Friday. On to rugby now. Lions winger Piwe uh, Janchi has been ruled out for up to six weeks. He's picked up a pectoral muscle injury. Janchi picked up that injury in the Lions' 49-35 loss to the Jaguars this past weekend. They take on the Crusaders in Johannesburg on Sunday afternoon. Meanwhile, the Bulls also have some injury concerns. Luit Diaga lost due to a calf injury that he picked up in their clash against the Crusaders this past weekend. Diaga has been in superb form along with R.G. Snayman. They've been the highlights uh, for the Bulls this season. But uh, Snayman fractured his cheekbone against the Chiefs. He'll be out for another three weeks. So they'll have a brand new lock combination. Looks likely to be either Ruben van Heerden or Andre Stassen to cover Diaga's place, while Jason Jenkins will fill the other role in the engine room. On to Commonwealth Games news. Team South Africa leave for the Gold Coast in Australia this evening. Flag bearer Casta Semenya, who will be running in both the 800 and 1500 metres, is hopeful that she can add Commonwealth gold to her ever-growing medal collection. My idols, I saw th- I saw them through those you know championships, uh, you know, in Commonwealth Games, All African Games. Uh, they might look ya- uh, small, but uh, if you can be able to 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 accomplish that, you know. It ranks you, you know, amongst the best. So obviously, it's my, it's my dream. You know, I, I strive for, for greatness. You know, so yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable. You know, where we are, you know, today. You know, from uh, looking back to 2006, where I've started 800 meters. You know, then today, you know, uh, I've won, you know, Olympics. You know, I've won World Champs. I've won uh, all African Games. Uh, the only thing that left is uh, Commonwealth Games, uh, which is. Uh, uh, I'll try by all means you know, to make sure that I have that collection. 
There's some international football to look forward to this evening. A host of friendlies. Argentina, they'll all be without Lionel Messi for their clash against Spain. He's picked up a hamstring injury. Also tonight, Nigeria take on Serbia. England host Italy and Germany welcome Brazil. Former Orlando Pirates form, uh, forward Kermit Erasmus will ply his trade in Sweden for the next two years. That after he penned a two-year deal with AFC Estil Stuna following his exit from Rance. And UEFA announced today that starting in next season's knockout stages of the UEFA Champions League and Europa League clubs will be allowed to make a fourth substitution in extra time coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap we'll chat some cricket Presenter Search on 3 is back on SABC 3 do you have the personality and the stylish flair to be absolutely unforgettable can you dazzle with a winning smile turn on the charm and take our breath away are you ready to be South Africa's next television superstar then SABC 3 presents this once in a lifetime opportunity to take your place in the spotlight and own the stage as the new presenter of top billing afternoon express or the espresso morning show start a new journey as the face of the progressive SABC ABC3 brand on television and beyond. The stage is yours at the Countrywide Presenter Search on three auditions taking place in Port Elizabeth on the 25th of March, Cape Town on the 7th and 8th of April, Durban on the 14th and 15th of April and Johannesburg on the 20th, 21st and 22nd of April. Visit the Presenter Search on 3 website, Facebook or Twitter for more details. With SABC3 and Presenter Search on 3, the stage is yours. News from the TV license office. With our new SMS balance inquiry function, you can now get your TV license balance conveniently on your cell phone. SMS your ID number or TV license number to 44210 and voila. 44210. Standard SMS rates apply, quick and easy. TV licenses make a difference. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and the cricket world has been abuzz over the last uh, few days. And uh, we all know what happened down at Newlands in Cape Town on Sunday. The fallout has been massive. I don't think anybody expected it to blow up as it has, uh, and particularly in Australia. I've been following Australia media for the last uh, two days uh, and been reading a lot, particularly today. And I get the sense, and, and I mentioned it on my Facebook page today, I remember as a youngster uh, growing up and idolizing the Proteas, the likes of John T. Rhodes and Alan Donalds, Pat Simcox. Uh, I was a huge fan of Brian McMillan and particularly Hansi Cronier. And I remember that fateful day back in 2000 when he made that admission that he had taken money from the bookies. And I remember how shattered I was. And I, in, in a way, stopped believing. And my love for the game has waned. I probably don't watch as much cricket as I, as I should and I used to. And I get the feeling today, particularly reading a lot of the Australian media, that there's a lot of people in Australia who unfortunately are stopping believing. And we join now by someone who's close to the game in Australia, is in South Africa at the moment, commentating for ABC. Jeff Lemon joins us. Jeff, welcome on to SAFM Sports Chat. Thanks for your time this evening. Thanks for having me. Jeff, it's horrible circumstances to be chatting. It's been a, a, a great, tightly fought contest on the field, but obviously lots of ugly things happening. This one started on the field, but lots of ugly things happening off the field as well. The yeah. sense in Australia, I mean, it, this is this is big. I mean, to the Prime Minister's commenting and, and calling the players cheats. 
Yeah, exactly. It's uh, surprised all of us, I think, just how much it's blown up. You know, we thought it would be big, but not to the level that it is. And, and just how overwhelming the public response is. It's not like there's three quarters of the people are angry and the others are defending the current team. Nobody's defending the current team. Uh, nobody's defending the captain. They're, they're outraged. They're disappointed. They're, uh, they're, it, it's more a, a feeling of hollowness and sadness and despair that the, the national team would resort to cheating. It's not a it's not a cool feeling at all. It, it it gives you that feeling of being kicked in the gut, and and a lot of the ex Australian players, I think, are, are taking this really badly. I saw an interview with Adam Gilchrist uh, at the Melbourne Grand Prix this past weekend, and and you could see it is almost like a death in the family. He was absolutely gutted. Yeah, I mean, for these guys, it's their reputations and it's their legacy. It's what they've done in the game to build up the game over a long period of time and all the effort they put in on the field. And, of course, Australian cricket teams haven't always been well-loved around the world. They've always been quite abrasive and and hard-edged cricket teams. But they've still been respected for how they've played the game in terms of their skill and their ability. And, And then when you're cheating, your skill and your ability go out the window because you're trying to get an unfair advantage. Jeff Graham Smith was quoted this weekend as saying there was something different about this Australian squad. Over the years, uh, as you say, the, the, the Aussies always come at you hard. But Graham Smith said there was just something different about this team, the way they've arrived in South Africa on this tour, particularly with the way they started, asking for the stump mics to be turned off before the first uh, test in Durban. And then, obviously, what happened, uh, the ugly scenes from the stairwell. This, the, 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 the second test and the issues with Kajisa Rabada and the send-offs. Yeah. And then this. As, a, as an Australian, is there something different with this team or has it just been a slow progression and, unfortunately, it's got to this point? I guess, obviously, in retrospect, it's a bit easier to see some things. And, and what you're talking about there is kind of a pattern of uh, instability where this team has been rattled by things instead of being able to put them aside. They were obviously annoyed that Rabada's suspension was overturned. They were obviously uh, bothered by what was happening with comments people were making from the crowd and the fact that, you know, just the, the day before this cheating episode exploded, Darren Lean and the coach was doing a press conference after the second day of play complaining about crowd behaviour. They've, they've been rattled by what's gone on in South Africa and, and they haven't been able to put that aside and concentrate and actually uh, concentrate on their cricket and play. And so I, I think we do see a bit of a pattern when you stack all of those things up next to each other that this team had some frailties and... Uh, this cheating episode could be seen as a massive version of cracking under pressure. You mentioned the Kahisa Rabada ban, and, and obviously a lot of South Africans are using that as ammunition with regards to the, the ban that Steve Smith got from the ICC because of this incident. Does the governing body need to relook at their sanctions? I'm not saying what was it was right what happened with Kahisa Rabada and that sanctioning, but if you if you want to compare apples with apples, are these two incidents on a par? Is one worse than the other, and which one's worse than the other? Well, it, it's kind of dishonest to compare them as equals because the, Kahisa Rabada wasn't sentenced for one incident; he was sentenced for five incidents in the space of just over a year. So he had plenty of form, and and the idea of the Code of Conduct is it's supposed to accumulate. If you uh, continue to misbehave, then you get harsher and harsher penalties. So what he was getting was the the second round of his penalties after having already racked up some offences. But in terms of the Code of Conduct, ball tampering is considered as a a level two offence, which means it's not actually ranked any worse than, say, uh, yelling at an umpire or or, uh, abusing... an opponent on the field and I think in people's eyes it's much more serious uh, ball tampering is 
is seen as cheating in a very obvious and straightforward way. So, you know, previous players the last few years who've been done to ball tampering haven't got strong penalties, but the ICC code of conduct doesn't allow for stronger penalties, so maybe they do need to revisit that. Looking at, I mean, you say it now that it's happened and it's been as blatant, because let's be honest, there's there's been ideas and thoughts and allegations of this happening for many years, but obviously this is the most blatant that we've seen it happening. Do, do you think it needs to be a stronger sanction? I mean, anybody who loves the game, this is one of the sort of fundamentals of the game. As a youngster in, in junior school, we're all told you don't mess with the ball, you, you don't tamper with it. This is, I mean, it's, it is a major offence. Yeah, it is. It is a major offence. Um, and at the same time, we have this problem of a game which is more often than not dominated by the bat rather than the ball with sort of flat pitches and uh, and bigger bats and all those kind of factors. So maybe it's something where there needs to be a little bit more latitude given to bowlers in terms of how they can condition the ball legally. Um, and then beyond that, harsher sanctions for people who go beyond that level. Uh, it might be a thing that a case where cricket has tried to be a bit too pure and it needs to relax the guidelines a little bit and then punish harder when people go beyond them. Jeff, you mentioned the, the sanctions uh, from the ICC, but uh, we are awaiting a press conference from Cricket Australia boss James Sutherland, scheduled for 7 o'clock this evening. And uh, by all accounts, there is a lot more uh, and stricter sanctions coming. Can you Have you heard anything from within the squad? Uh, I know there's lots of speculation that Darren Lehman's uh, going to get the sack, and it looks like uh, Steve Smith and David Warner might get a year ban each. Yeah, that's pretty consistent with what we've been hearing. Uh, look, it might be a six-month ban, it might be 12, so, but it's going to be pretty strong either way, and, and Darren Lehman is going to ultimately accept responsibility, at least that's what we're led to believe. So it's more about responding to the Australian public's reaction, which has been so visceral and, and so intense, and Cricket Australia have realised they can't uh, get away with being more lenient, they have to come up with some really serious punishments in order to make people feel like justice has been done in this case. So they'll go way, way beyond what the ICC would mandate, but the Australian public don't care about what the ICC thinks. They want uh, action taken that, that they can support. And the man who was uh, caught with his hand in the prover- pro- proverbial cookie jar, Cameron Bancroft, is, is he going to get any sanction, do you think? I think he'll probably get a lesser ban than the others because it's understood that you know he was acting under the direction of his team leadership, either the captain or the vice-captain, whichever one it was, or if it was both of them involved, we'll find out more about that in due course. So he already missed the next test match. His reputation is obviously extremely damaged. He's got his ICC sanction as well, which was just three demerit points. Uh, so it may end there, or he may get a, a three-month or a six-month ban, half of whatever the others get would would be my guess, but that won't have a great effect because there's not a huge amount of cricket to come in the next six months for Australia. Well, Matt Renshaw's on his way as a replacement. There is a test match coming up. Let's not forget about that. Australia 2-1 down in the series. Uh, it's a big one for the Proteus, not having beaten Australia uh, on South African soil since readmission, so one that the Proteus really do want to uh, want to win. Can Australia bounce back from this? Jeff, how do they bounce back? I mean, there's, there's been so much going on. They, I mean, if the Australian public are gutted, you can imagine how the, uh, the guys in that squad are feeling. Yeah, well, I think uh, a lot of the guys in the squad are incredibly angry, incredibly upset because they've been dragged through the mud with all of this. Uh, if it is, as we suspect, something that only involved a couple of players, so those players have absolutely taken liberties with the reputations of the rest of the team and damaged those as well. So 
I would expect that uh, this Australian team won't really be able to compete. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they lose in three days uh, and just pack up and get home as soon as they can. So the irony is that in trying to cheat to gain an advantage, uh, the Australians have surrendered the series in effect to South Africa. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your insight here on SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, I want to say enjoy the test because that's what we're all uh, looking forward to. But unfortunately, the sideshow has really taken the, the spotlight off it. Enjoy the rest of your stay in South Africa and safe travels home, mate. Thank you. Good talking to you. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we did also put in a request to uh, Cricket South Africa to have a chat with South African skipper Faf Duplessis and uh, just to get his take, not necessarily on what the Australians have done, but his stance on ball tampering. We know he has had issues uh, in the past with two incidents, uh, Mintgate being one of them and Zipgate being the other one. And I wanted to hear it from him what his take is on it and uh, yeah I, I'm bitterly disappointed with what has happened and the last thing I ever want to see is the South African team doing exactly the same as what the Aussies have done so unfortunately uh, we weren't granted that interview I would have loved to have chatted to, to Faf this evening but we do have some news out of that Proteas cap, uh, camp and apart from the outstanding results leading 2-1 in that test series uh, Proteas coach Otis Gibson is extremely pleased with the fact the way his side is firmly focused on the upcoming fourth and final test at the Wanderers March rivals renew their rivalry on Friday, with Australia reeling from being rocked by those ball-tampering charges and enormous alleged cheating backlash. Gibson shares his sympathies with Cricket Australia, the fans and great former Australian players who are watching. After the first test match, all the talk was Dick Cock, Warner. After the second test match, all the talk was Smith, Rabada, that whole situation. So we come to the end of the third test match and we're just very pleased that, you know, we're not involved in the stuff that's going on, you know. So that's something for them to sort out. I have been surprised at how big it has it has become. But, you know, at the end of the day, when, when you see such a deliberate act like you saw on TV, then people will become very interested in it and especially the way that it was planned it seemed from what Steve Smith said it was planned by by a few of them obviously then that makes it a bigger topic for for people to talk about you know I think Cricket Australia is a what 100 year old cricket organization to have something like this on their doorstep Cricket Australia has also been the envy of the world in, in terms of winning World Cups and so on and they've produced obviously great teams and great players for a long time so those great teams and great players of the past will feel like their good name if you want to call it that it has been tarnished a bit so obviously it's, you know people have a right to be upset about it Cricket Australia have moved swiftly. They've called up uh, 21-year-old Matt Renshaw back to the squad. The British-born left-hander was dropped for Cameron Bancroft at the start of the summer. And after steering Queensland to their eighth Sheffield Shield title, he gets another opportunity. Gibson says they're expecting Australia to bounce back. Well, that's not my problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, look, we're trying to win the series. So from that point of view, we hope they're very shattered and we can play. But we know they're going to come back. You know, they're still a very good team. They've been a very good team for a long time. You know, even if they somehow lost their way, they're still, they're still a very good team with very good players. You know, I'm still very a huge fan of their bowling attack. You know, three, six foot six fast bowlers bowling 140. I thought um, Pat Cummings was excellent in the last test match. You know, 24 years old, kept coming in all the time. Got, got crucial wickets for them in the, in the first innings and in the second innings. Then I see him running around the boundary, diving around on the field. You know, so I'm still I'm still watching their cricketers, watching their bowlers, and thinking, wow, you know, that that's a very good bowling attack they've got. The Proteas were clinical in wrapping up the Australian second innings in the third test with two sessions to reaffirm their dominance in the series. Gibson says he's pleased with his charges that could walk the talk after struggling to close out games efficiently when required.
In the series, both teams have collapsed at the various different stages, you know, so mentally we knew they weren't in a great place, but we still had to apply pressure to them to, to see if we can get them to crack, and, and the collapse was obviously spectacular. Sure, because it's something that we've been talking about for a couple of games now. We've had, even in the first innings in this test match, we had an opportunity to put a much bigger score on the board, you know, we were 200 for two or something like that, and we got goal out for 311, and then we had them 170 for eight, and they got they got 250, you know, so we, we were talking about it, so it was really good from our point of view that we were then able to go out and, and, um, and, and do what we say we're going to do because the measure of a good team is, is whether you can say you're going to do and do it consistently. The Proteas are likely to make a change or two in the bowling department for the fourth test with fast bowlers Lungin Gidi and Vian Mulder waiting in the wings. Gibson hinted that the conditions at the Wanderers could be tough for the batsmen and Mulder could be the answer to balance out the pace attack and strengthen the batting lineup. Yeah, I mean, as we always do when we get to a venue, we then look at the sort of composition of the team and the conditions and see which way we're going to go. We've changed, we've made maybe a bowling change every game. In a three-man attack, it's nice to freshen at least one bowler up. We rested um, Mornay in P. Mornay came back here to Cape Town. He was very fresh. He bowled brilliantly well. When Lungi missed out the first test when he played in the second test, he also was fresh and bowled well. So we'll see when we get to Joburg, you know. But Vian Mulder is improving all the time and he will definitely come into the reckoning in Joburg. It's his home ground, you know. We could need another all-rounder and a fourth bowling option. So there are quite a few sort of changes that we could make that would add value and strengthen the team. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Rep, we'll chat some soccer. SABC2 welcomes you to 30 Seconds of Family. Okay, opposite of, of front. Uh, um, Back. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Less than one. Minus, minus, minus. No. Yes, put them together. Humanity in Sasut, Ubuntu. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Um, Ubuntu? Yes! 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 SABC2 brings you new shows. Grandmasters, Friday at 10.30 a.m. Mechel Matala, Saturday at 6 p.m. Boto, an act of kindness, Friday at 8.30 p.m. Raising Babies 101, Thursday at 10.30 a.m. The guilt-gripping drama, Guilt, Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Welcome to 30 Seconds of Family with SABC2. I'm Chando Kamane. Nafi Jumanis. Aslam Kota. And you can catch us on SAFM. Bring you all the live cricket crossings. Hashtag SABC Cricket. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader and all the drama on the cricket fields. We're in an international break and haven't unfortunately been able to focus much on soccer. But uh, there's some drama that's been happening off the field for the last few months and it keeps on dragging out. And I'm talking uh, about the Tendine Doro issue between Ajax Cape Town uh, and Orlando Pirates. And uh, that decision... Uh, is coming to a head, I think. We join now by senior football writer for the Sowetan, Tiani Mabasa. Tiani, welcome onto SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Thanks for for joining us. Are we ever going to get to uh, a conclusion and an end on this uh, on this issue? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, so it's like you, you rightly put it. You know, it's been uh, going on for for quite some time, and something uh, that I was hoping from the from the start that the at least going to sort it out quickly, you know, because such an important issue. And for it to drag on and on and on, you know, uh, it's not been good for, uh, for, 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 for any of the parties, you know. So it's been, it's been difficult. Uh, but uh, tomorrow they, they have um, the, the, the judgment. 
Uh, and uh, as far as I know, it, uh, the, the, from the application process, it's always final and binding. You know, so tomorrow uh, around 1 p.m., uh, I'm told that the, uh, the judgment uh, will be delivered. You know, so I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to uh, putting this matter behind us. You know, and uh, Roma has it. Uh, I will only get a fine um, and uh, no point deduction. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see in terms of what they're going to do, you know, but uh, I'm glad that it's coming uh, to an end finally. Johnny, let's take a step back here, because like you say, this has been going on for a while now, and I've got a funny feeling mm-hmm. some people may have even forgotten about it already. What is the major yeah. issue here? It's, 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 Tenandora is, is basically signed for another club. Uh, it's multiple clubs in one season where FIFA regulations yeah. say you're only allowed to play for two, I believe, and he's signed for a third. Is, is that what this thing harks back to? Oh, yes, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it's about, you know. Um, as, as it stands, uh, he, he has signed for three clubs and played for uh, played official matches for three clubs. So now the, the FIFA rule is simple and straightforward. Uh, you, can sign, you can be registered by three clubs in one season, but can only play official matches for two clubs. Uh, in this case, he's played official matches for three clubs, you know, so that's where uh, they, they have to sort the, 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 the issue out. But at the end of the day, uh, for me, for one thing, it's also hard to, to point the finger at the ISK Town because uh, when they were, they were alerted initially that um, you know they're not supposed to play him, um, they stopped playing, uh, playing him. I remember it was a match against three State Stars, which uh, they drew 0-0, and they didn't play him in that match. You know, so uh, the, the next time it was on January 31 when they, they were told by the PSL and um, uh, camera that, no, go ahead, you're giving me the green light uh, to play Tendai no problem. And then the, the league as well, uh, they launched the protest the same day. And uh, they could differentiate between these two bodies. Uh, they, 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 they make it clear that the BRC is an independent body. And the league, therefore, has, um, you know, has, has a, they have the right to uh, appeal. You know, that's why it went to arbitration through uh, Safa, you know. So to cut the long story short, you're supposed to play, uh, to be registered by three clubs. You know, that's not a problem, but only play official matches for two, but it's played for three. I mean, this is messy, to be honest. I mean, that's what the regulations are. Surely that's what needs to happen. But uh, who's, I mean, you say it's difficult to apportion blame, but just sitting on the outside, I can't help but think the PSL have dropped the ball here. They're, surely they should be the, the final uh, sort of judge and, and implementer of, of FIFA regulations. Absolutely. You know, I'm with you there, Brad, because uh, like I keep saying to people that they, they, they want to they want, they want to uh, blame ISK Town on, on all these things, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, the league, you know, is supposed to be uh, well-versed in terms of the, the FIFA rules, but, uh, you know, to be honest, we're still um, a growing football nation and we, we've dropped the ball quite a number of times, even uh, with the national team, if you remember the, the dance of shame in uh, in, in, in Northbridge. When we thought we'd qualified, you know, for for, for, for for the Africa Cup of Nations then uh, in, in 2012, you know, so we need to learn, you know, we need to 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 to, to take this thing seriously and, and make sure that all the rules, you know, are adhered to by everyone, you know. But you, you first have to know the rules of the league uh, before you know your members, you know. So it's something that going forward they also have to admit. It's difficult for them, I'm sure, to admit that they they drop the ball, but. The reality is that they did actually, you know. So I'm with you there. 
Well, talking about, I mean, we, we've said PSL is probably to blame, but the club also needs to take some responsibility. And I understand you said they decided they, they, they're not playing him and then they were told that it's fine, he can play. But but even though they mm-hmm. did play him, in, and, and if they are in the wrong, you mentioned just a fine, the sanctions could be a lot worse. Yeah, no, uh, FIFA was demand, obviously, a point deduction, but uh, from my understanding, you know, um, in, in they, they're looking at the possibility of justifying, you know, because they, I think all parties understand that they've actually uh, dropped the ball. But uh, at the end of the day, if you apply the rules properly uh, without feeling uh, any sympathy for, for any party, you know, they should be uh, losing the points there. But, uh, you know, uh, I just hope, you know, we can, we can have some finality tomorrow and then we can move on from this situation, to be honest, you know. I mean, one one of the parties that that did lay a complaint was was Platinum Stars, and we we know the the, the trouble they're in from a, a relegation perspective. Uh, they need to cl- clutch at all straws that they can get. If if Ajax aren't docked points and and Platinum Stars go down, do you think they could go to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, for example, and and challenge the decision? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to end up there, Brett, because. At the end of the day, um, you know, whoever loses the case, you know, they they'll, 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 they'll sort of seek, you know, the intervention of um, the court of arbitration. Let's say, for, for argument's sake, I exclude it. They'll believe that they're not really in the wrong. You know, then uh, it's going to drag on. You know, if they, the league uh, don't succeed in this appeal, they, they will probably also uh, lodge an appeal. You know, so I won't be surprised if it drags on and on and on. You know. Uh, which obviously doesn't argue well for, for, for the season because teams are in the relegation zone and so on and so on. They need to know where they are uh, in terms of, you know, their, their, their season, you know. So hopefully, you know, tomorrow uh, we can have, um, you know, this matter closed and then we can uh, move on from this situation. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope we can move on because uh, it has been dragging <laughs> on. We'll, we'll watch it closely and we'll have all the, the details for you tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Uh, Tiani, thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Trap once again. And uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. No, no problem. Thanks, Brett. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for Sports Wrap this evening. Back again tomorrow at 6.30. I'll be back at uh, 4 o'clock on PM Live tomorrow afternoon. From myself, Brad Brown, and my team in Johannesburg, Phineas and Luyolo, thank you very much for your help, gents. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is uh, the talk shop. Have yourself a great evening.